the world we know is changing. I'm Moira Gunn, and welcome to Biotech Nation. New science is offering new approaches for innovative treatments for Alzheimer's, Parkinson's dementia, and other neurodegenerative diseases. Today, one such approach has entered late-stage human clinical trials. Dr. Mark Litton is the president and CEO of Athera Pharma. Well, Mark, welcome back to Biotech Nation. Thanks. Pleasure to be here. Athera already has uh, a drug in phase two and phase three human drug trials. That's in the phase one, two, three drug approval trifecta, as I call it. Um, And so now this is becoming very real. How is what you are doing, what Athera Pharma is doing, different from the other approaches to treating or arresting the progression of Alzheimer's? Our approach is all focused on essentially using a naturally occurring repair mechanism that the body uses every day to restore one's nerve cells. And we like to talk of ourselves as we're focused on the cells. And Alzheimer's is a, is a really good example where it really is a breakdown in the communication of these nerve cells. It's all about the connections, what we call synapses. And in Alzheimer's, right, this is a disease that slowly they lose all their connections over time. And these synapses go away and the nerve cells go away. And by using this naturally occurring repair mechanism, or what we call the HGF system, we're able to hopefully restore and repair these connections. And we believe sort of our small molecules, that our small molecules enhance this HGF biology. Now, I did some homework, and I read that there's 100 million neurons in our brains and 1,000 trillion synapses connecting them. Now, how much do they have to degrade before you get Alzheimer's? Well, it's it's a fair question. So if you look at the disease state of Alzheimer's, it's essentially you you lose about 20% of these synapses. Um, Now, I I would also like people to know is that your your brain really is plastic and that it, it can repair. For example, people have strokes, they get better over time in some cases. And we really believe that you have this injury, which is going on in Alzheimer's, and you're losing these synapses, and we're hopeful that we can repair them. Now, as I understand it, there's HGF all over your body. If you read about any condition of an organ, it could be the liver, it could be cardiovascular, frequently you'll find this HGF. So it's all over the place. And you need the HGF, you know, going into the cell to just to kickstart, if you will, the natural repair mechanism that's inside a cell, no different than in the brain. And in the case of Alzheimer's, I understand that both HGF can be measured, that it's an, it's been reduced, but also the receptor in the brain cell, which takes it up, is reduced. Yes, we do know that the HGF and its receptor have been, been reduced in, in Alzheimer's patients. So one theory is, is that you've got to get that repair mechanism in place again, both not just giving HGF, but also somehow repairing or, or enabling that receptor to work. Yeah, and and one could almost think of it as wound healing, right? As we know, 
wound healing um, over time as we get older gets slower and slower. One could also see that that's the same thing that happens in, in Alzheimer's. And one of the key um, aspects of our platform and our technology is identifying and discovering these small molecules that cross the blood vein barrier. Because in your body, of course, HGF is floating around and it lasts seconds, if not minutes. So first and foremost is it, it doesn't last very long in your body. And one of the things that people have tried for many years is to find a molecule that enhances this and it crosses the blood vein barrier. And that's exactly what our lead molecule and our platform does with Fosgonamintin. Now Fosgo. We call Fosgo. I was going to say, I call it Fosgo. I looked at that and went, that's never going to fly on the radio. But <laughs> you got to say it once, but it's Fosgo. <laughs> and now uh, I know you're in, in the phase two, phase three trials, but I'm very interested in how you even begin to test this. And let's talk about Fosgo. Uh, what was the first test? You know, we always start in phase one. How did that work? What did you measure? Yes. So we, you start with phase one. And so let's go back to the concept that the brain is a network of cells all interacting together. Um, and one way that we look at the brain is to measure the electrical current of the brain because all of these cells connecting create a current. And the other thing that we can do, if we combine measuring the electrical current and we combine that with a, an auditory signal, we can actually measure the speed of how well the brain is working or processing information. And so we've utilized a test, it's not our test, this is a test that's been around for, for many years, and it's called the event-related potential P300 test. Needs a new name, new name, but what does it do? <laughs> so this is a test that the subject has a skull cap that's measuring the electrical current and they're wearing headphones so they can listen to a series of tones and there's a series of tones interspaced with an odd tone and then they're asked to count the odd tone. And so the computer can actually measure how fast it takes them to one recall the odd tone and begin counting. And, and normal healthy people, it's about 300 milliseconds and that's why it's called P300. Interestingly enough, as we get demented and as we progress in Alzheimer's, the time it takes to actually count and listen to that odd tone gets longer and longer. And so when we did a small study, it was 11 subjects, mild to moderate Alzheimer's patients, they on average with their P300 test was 390 milliseconds. So almost 100 milliseconds longer than a normal individual. And what we found after eight, only eight days of treatment with Fosgo is there was a dramatic improvement in their brain processing speed. And they went down to essentially 317 milliseconds. So on average, a 73 millisecond improvement on their brain processing speed. Were there also people uh, who were taking placebo, healthy volunteers? Absolutely. This was a placebo blinded control trial. There were seven people on the FOSGO and four people on placebo. And in the placebo arm, they did not show a, an improvement in their P300. 
Okay, so we know we're getting it in there, and we know we're seeing some improvement. Now, you said earlier, small molecule. We just have, you know, working on this drug, small molecule. Usually, we leap to, oh, uh, we'll make it a pill. Everybody loves pills. But you have it as an injection. Why is that? Yes, so this is a, an injection that can be, um, it's done daily. And it's really um, done for mostly compliance sake in the fact that when you get an injection, you know the person has been given the, the potential therapy, as opposed to sometimes in this population, they have hard time remembering if they took their pills or maybe they take many pills and it's never quite easy. And of course, this is mild to moderate. So most of these patients have caregivers. So really uh, this strategy is more for compliance so that we can ensure that the patients get FOSCO. Okay, so you, you're like, oh, well, this is great news. You know, we're seeing this increase. We know it's being taken up. And now you're moving into uh, phase two and phase three. In fact, those are happening at the same time. Tell us about the smaller phase two study. What's that about and what are you checking there? Yes, so the, the phase two study is ACT-AD. It has 77 subjects in it. Again, mild to moderate Alzheimer's patients, very similar to our phase 1B. And we're also looking at, so in the smaller study, we only looked at it for eight days, but we're now looking at it for six months. And we want to see if we can repeat what we saw with the P300 test over six months. But in addition to that, we'd like to look at what's really important is these psychometric measurements. Now, the trial, this smaller trial, is not statistically powered to see a, a difference of these psychometric measurements, but we're, we're hopeful to see some trends. And, and trends looking at whether it's cognition or the way the physicians are seeing the improvement or how the caregiver is assessing how the, these subjects um, are doing with their independence. Now, there are three kinds of tests that I know you're looking at in this phase two study. The first is cognition. How, what is cognition and how do you measure it? Yes, so cognition is, um, has to do with memory and language. And there, this test we use is called the ADIS-COG-11, or just to be clear, these are a lot of you know, nomenclature, but it's the Alzheimer's disease assessment scale and it was developed in the 80s, and it was really developed to understand the level of decline in cognition for these Alzheimer's patients. It, it has become the gold standard. Um, the FDA uses this test. Many, many of the Alzheimer's trials have used this test. And it essentially is testing word recall, naming objects, following commands. I mean, and it's a score of zero to 70, 70 being the most severe impaired. Ah, and so you're trying to see, like, you're giving them three words, and then you're trying to see if they can repeat the three words? Correct. And perhaps later, and you know, so a delay of time and that type of thing. I see. So I, I understand a test like that. The next one are, are activities of daily living and independence. What, what are those? Yes, yeah, so this is, another, this is another test that is done by the caregiver to assess how well the subject is doing with, this, with his or her independence. And this is a series of questions that are asking about eating, dressing, bathing, cooking, 
um, how maybe shopping, right, really is just to better understand the independence of, of the subject. Yeah. If you're brushing your teeth or you're not brushing your teeth. That's correct. It's really, these seem very simple, but they all aim toward independence. Can you live independently without someone overseeing you? Uh, and then the final one is behavioral testing. What does that mean in terms of Alzheimer's? Yeah. So the the final one is a, is an assessment done by the clinician and it's, um, it's called the clinical impression of change or CIGIC as we call it. And it, it's essentially the clinician understanding how well the patient is doing. And it's a measurement of one to seven. Uh, one would indicate there's an improvement. Seven would indicate there's worsening and four is no change. And each of these three are all used to better understand how our, our molecule might be clinically beneficial for, for these subjects. In fact, this assessment by the physician covers many different aspects, and it's really looking at how well are they having a conversation, how well are they anxious, um, and it's just assess at, at each time point of you know, where, where the patient is at that point. And let me just remind everybody that it's really scary Alzheimer's is a scary disease and, and, you know, your orientation, where you are, who you are talking to, um, it can be scary for the individual. This phase two with the 77 patients, are they also getting the hearing test? The 77 patients are getting the hearing test. Yes. The P300 test so that we're looking to see how that does over six months. And they're also getting these psychometric measurements so that we, while not powered to show statistical difference, we can begin to understand what this new approach is doing to, to help these folks with Alzheimer's, mild to moderate Alzheimer's. Now, I don't think you have to be a rocket scientist to figure out normally we do phase two and after that we do a phase three. With Vosgo, you started phase three already with many more patients. Now, now, tell us how it's different and tell us how phase two relates to phase three. So we're taking a little unique strategy. So there's been many, many examples when people look at interim data of phase three and it's sort of unclear. Like early data, like a quarter of the way in, something like that. Correct. And, and sometimes it looks good. Sometimes it doesn't look good. You lose statistical power. And so we took a strategy of, let's do a separate, complete study. They all have the same criteria. They all have mild to moderate um, Alzheimer's. And that we would use this smaller study to help us with the large phase three study. Because the readout, which is coming um, in Q2 this year for, for the smaller study, will help us. It can teach us so that we can ensure a better successful outcome for the larger phase three study. So the trials are the exact same in terms of their layout. The ACT, AD, which is the small phase two, has two doses of FOSGO, 70 and 40 milligram, and a placebo. And in addition, the LIFT, ACT, which is our phase three study, has exactly the same three groups. Now in the phase three study, the big study, you're not doing hearing tests. We're not doing hearing tests. We are dealing with the most important aspect is hopefully looking at cognition or the activities of daily living or the clinician's 
scale. And the FDA, when we met with the FDA, there was, we need to choose two of those three. We will choose ADIS COG-11, which is the, the gold standard of cognition. And then we need to choose whether it's the clinician score, which it probably will be, or the activities of daily living. And that's those two different ones. And that choice is what we're going to learn in ACT, the phase two study. Ah, so that's, see, that was the first time I understood. They're not looking, they don't want to see all your data. You got to choose a subset of the data you're collecting. That's very interesting. Why would they do that? Well, all, so here's the thing. As we know, Alzheimer's is very complicated. This is a totally new approach, repairing these connections. And we don't really know how well this is going to happen have a benefit. And so we got to look at each of these different domains and understand, okay, well, where, where is this potentially being beneficial? So today we don't know. And that's why we're asking all these different things. So let's say, let's hope this works. Would this replace other Alzheimer's treatments? So right now, the way we're running our trials is it's an add-on therapy. And that means that participants can have standard of care and we just add our FOSGO to that. You know, I do want to say one thing which may have occurred to people who were listening earlier. And it's this question of for the hearing test, which I think it's fascinating. It's like, oh, wait a minute, what do you mean you have this cap on and you're measuring brain currents? If you've had any kind of brain injury, if you've had, they're trying to measure epilepsy or this is a very, it's been comp for decades. They're able to do that and they're trying to see, are there anomalies in the brain current? So that portion of it, that measurement portion of it is actually very settled. You aren't doing anything on toward there or new there in that sense. No, and we're really not. I mean, people have described it like what you do with EKG to measure your heart. It's very similar. P300 is another test that just assesses the health or the connections and how fast your brain is processing. And it's something that cannot be faked. It's everybody has it. And um, it's just an interesting measurement. It is what it is. Now, if you give FOSCO to healthy volunteers who start out with this 300 millisecond, can they get faster? The answer is no, unfortunately not. We, 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 <laughs> Darn. we're not making superhumans. Um, <laughs> yes, no. So it, it does not have any effect. Really, most of the time, this mechanism is recurring from an injury, right? So there's a healing of it. It's not making it better. Now, I understand that you're also working on dementia in Parkinson's, Parkinson's dementia. What are you doing there? So we're, we're, again, we've started a phase two trial, which is called SHAPE. And we're looking at, again, testing and, and looking at FOSGO in this patient population, because roughly about 50% of Parkinson's patients suffer from um, impairment in cognition. Where else can uh, FOSGO, or I know you have some other compounds, I can see it, where else might it help in terms of medical conditions? So we're, we're looking at a broad range of neurological diseases using the concept of just repairing or restoring nerve cells. One of the places where we've, we, we just showed preclinically um, that it might have a benefit is in schizophrenia. And another place that we are looking at 
and it might have a benefit is in depression. And these are, this is, we have another molecule, which is ATH1020, that just entered phase one this week. And so we're looking at that, that's oral, so it's not with an injectable. Um, and we continue to explore various areas where if there's been an injury to the nerve cell, that um, repairing it might be beneficial. Well, it's, it's fascinating because there's no doubt that if you've had an injury or genetically or however it worked, your cell isn't working properly, just returning it to working properly could be the solution to the entire problem. Well, we'll see. We're very hopeful. And again, it, it's all about the science and just taking another step forward in, in understanding what's going on in a, in a very complex place. I mean, neurological diseases are, have not been given all the insight that, say, oncology has been given. So we're hopeful that we're going to take a little bit step. And, and once we learn from that, then we make some improvements and, and we create another improvement. Well, Mark, this has been terrific. I hope you come back and uh, see us again. Keep us filled in. Moyer, the pleasure is mine. Always, always fun to talk to you. Dr. Mark Litton is the president and CEO of Athera Pharma. More information is available on the web at athera.com. That's A-T-H-I-R-A, athera.com. Listen to more biotech podcasts at biotechnation.com or subscribe on your favorite podcast provider. Biotech Nation is a regular feature of the weekly public radio program, Tech Nation. Listen to the full show via podcast or on your local public radio station. For Biotech Nation, I'm Moira Gunn.